Are you ready to become the dad you were meant to be? Good, because this is the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast, where imperfect actions are better than perfect ideas, promises kept are more important than promises made, and nothing happens unless you make it happen. My name is Drew, father of three, the founder of the Epic Dad Company. My mission is to help dads up their game and become the husbands, fathers, and men they are called to be. We need Epic Dads now more than ever. And it is your responsibility and obligation to become the best father you can be and show your kids what is possible. Listen in for weekly tips, strategies, and actions you can take to go from average dad to epic dad. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the episode. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Epic Dad Legacy Podcast. This is your host, as always, Drew Camp, the founder of the Epic Dad Company. Guys, I am excited for you to join us today. We've got on an awesome guest to talk physical transformation and not only physical transformation, but really transformation of your mindset and entire approach to how you go about life, really helping you level up in every area of your life, not necessarily just in how many pounds you are taking off at the gym. Uh, but hey, before we hop into that, guys, uh, want to let you know about an awesome announcement that we have coming up from the Epic Dad Company. Now, it is not totally complete yet, so I am going to give a little spoiler, uh, but I'm not going to spill the beans on everything. But if you guys have been a part of our Epic Dad crew, which is our private Discord channel that guys are using to, I mean, totally transform their lives, I mean, in, in everything, in nutrition, in fitness, in relationships, um, in discipline, in habits... Uh, if you are a part of that tribe, you are going to love what's coming next. And if you are not a part of that tribe, you are going to really love uh, what is on deck for us. And so that's all I'm going to say about what's coming, but you guys are not going to want to miss it as we are really taking strides to become the absolute best community uh, on the internet. <laughs> I mean, the best community in real life, the best community anywhere to support you on your journey to become the best father you can be. So be on the lookout for an announcement in the next couple of weeks. We're going to drop it on our social media. We're going to drop it on the podcast. You guys are not going to miss the announcement. And I cannot wait for you guys to check it out. Okay, with that, guys, um, want to let you know about our guest today. So our guest today is Brian Scuderi. It's not Scudier, like it uh, is, is spelled, but Scuderi. Uh, and Brian is the founder of Unbreakable Dads, which is a men's coaching program that is that is helping dads get into incredible shape and lose 20 to 40 pounds of fat. And not only that, but it's helping them do it in a sustainable way so that they can keep it off. Uh, I met Brian through social media when I saw his workout videos, uh, and I was honestly just blown away by his consistency, uh, his personal transformation, and his message that he is sharing in that discipline and accountability in the fitness and uh, fitness world and in your diet is really the key to unlocking the potential uh, for, for your growth. Now, Brian is helping dads all across the world, not only change their appearance, but change their mindset. He's making them more confident, more disciplined, more accountable, and able to take on anything the world throws their way. All right, guys, let's hop into this episode with Brian and hope you have your notepad ready. All right, Brian Scuderi. Is that right? Did I get it right? Yes. All right. Yes. It's it's spelled Scudier, like it's uh French from Ellis Island or something. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We uh they, they must have changed it or something. There's a bunch of Scuderi's that are S-C-U-D-E-R-I, 
yeah. I'm the only one that I know that's I E R E. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was, uh, I, I just want to make sure I didn't butcher it, man. You know, so Brian's a little easier. Uh, the last name might, might get you this. So, dude, thank you for, uh, for coming on, man. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I've been following your content for a while. I'm excited to be on here. Yeah, dude. Well, um, yeah, I, likewise for, for you. I mean, I've watched your, um, kind of physical transformation, you know, that you've been posting about a lot more often, um, you know, for, I don't know, I, I when, did, when did you kind of start down this, this route of like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to prep for, for this show and like really get things dialed in. So I I've gone through like a couple, like full, like muscle growth cycles where you put on weight and then cut and put on weight and cut. And, uh, my, the last one I did before this show was September 21 to December 21. And I got down to the lightest side I had been since I was in high school. So, um, I was like 188 and I was like a twig and I text uh, my coach at the time. And I'm like, Hey man, what do I, what would I need to walk on stage at to like, not look like super under muscled and, and like actually look like I know what the hell I'm doing. And he's like probably 195 to 200. So I had to put on seven or eight, like quality pounds of muscle, lean tissue. And I, it was like, I just was like, cool. Spring 2023, we're going to get it done. And so I had actually decided in December 21 that I was going to compete in spring 2023. So we made an 18 month plan. Oh, wow. I tracked my food no less than five days a week for 18 months. So like even on the upswings, making sure like I wasn't going too crazy on carbs and fats. Mm-hmm. I ate at minimum 180 grams of protein every single day for 18 months. I still do, obviously. It's a lifestyle at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then uh, tail end of 2022, we started to taper a little bit. And then once end of January hit, it was, we're, we're going. It's Memorial Day weekend. I bought the, I bought the event show and or ticket or whatever to compete fully committed, bought the tanning package, <laughs> bought the shorts and uh, my wife, my wife's four month torture of no more ice cream dates and all that <laughs> fun stuff began. <laughs> so, yeah. What, what is taper? You said taper down. What does that mean? Is that just like, Hey, I'm going to start reducing like calories overall or like just carbs specifically? Like how, how did you like taper down and get ready for it? Well, so I was going up. Okay. So from December 21, I was in a, a very slight surplus from that point through the birth of my daughter mm-hmm. all the way until December of 22. Okay. And I had put on, I went from 188 pounds. I went to 216 and a half, like very strategically. So about 40 pounds, there's a good amount of water weight in there. Um, or that would be just under 40 pounds. It's about 30 pounds in 12 months, so about three pounds a month. So what I, what we did was in December, we started to lower, I was eating like 3,600 calories a day. Mm-hmm. And so we brought it down to like 3000 and we wanted to start getting weeks where I was just even, and I was just staying at around 216. And this is one of the ways that I actually, when I coach people, I teach them how to find like their base level foundation. Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing we do. Actually, a lot of my clients don't even lose weight their first week with mm-hmm. me, which I know seems counterintuitive. It's a weight loss program, but what I'm doing is I'm trying to teach them how their body works and operates. Because if we don't have the knowledge behind it, then we're not going to actually be able to sustain it past us working together. Mm-hmm. Now, frankly, I'd love if my clients worked with me for the next 30 years of their life, but I'd be a really crappy coach if that was the truth. So yeah. 
Um, I teach them how to find that foundations because that's what we did from December into January, 2023 was like, how do we keep weight? Like totally. Yeah. Even? You stay even. Yeah. And then we started to pull back in February and then March was when the, the, you know, the cardio really started kicking in the calories started getting cut. And, uh, and then we started just chopping off like two pounds a week, every week. Yeah. I think, um, what I'd love to dive into, man, and I want to get like into, you know, all kinds of dad stuff too. Right. But like, I, I I'm in pretty decent shape. Um, but I feel like what, what happens with me, man, is I, I like roller coaster, right. I'm like, Hey, I want to, you know, stick around like 1800 calories. Right. And then, you know, like cut down and then I'll, I'll do that for a while. And then I'll just be like, shit, man, I'm binge eating, you know, like I can't control that. And so like, for me, it's like, Hey, that, I, I'd be very interested in hearing the kind of like, how do you find that kind of foundational? Like, Hey, if I just want to maintain, like, it, you know, not be too aggressive or anything like that. Right. Like, what does it, what does that look like? How are you finding that foundation? So what I do is I don't say no, I say maybe later. Okay. So psychologically, it's like when, whenever I want something. So we live in downtown Ramsey, New Jersey, where there's like all, all these great shops that have like, there's like an Italian patisserie that's a hundred feet from my house and it has the best stuff on the planet. It's where my wife gets her favorite coffee and all that other good stuff. So we're there five days a week. And so what I typically like to do when I'm in a maintenance, just like, I'm just trying to stay this weight, maybe go up a little bit, you know, like just, I'm, I'm looking to just build some strength right now. I'm not too worried about my mm -hmm. physique. Um, it, it's just, Hey, I'll eat it later. So it's going to be like, all right, maybe on a Friday night, I might go a little crazy. I don't skip pizza Fridays with the family when I'm not <laughs> in prep. Um, but I also don't have five slices of pizza. Yeah. I have two. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I'm just reasonable with it. And I, I really just keep Friday and Saturday nights like sacred, but I don't miss every other meal. Like every other meal is very strategically planned. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very repetitive, which I don't mind because I want my body to be on autopilot. I don't want to have to think about food. I don't want to have to think like, what am I having for lunch today? Mm -hmm. What am I having for dinner today? I love the fact that I eat the same fucking thing and just like small variations you know like different sauces for the most part mm -hmm. uh, because it makes my life super easy like last night i had to make dinner katie uh, my wife was like out teaching spin classes my daughter is like not napping right now because hey she's 13 months why would she nap <laughs> and, and so she's like just screaming and i'm like imagine if i had to think about what to make for dinner tonight mm -hmm. I'd be like it thrown for a loop. And then what I'd probably do is what 99% of dads do is I'd open up Grubhub yeah, or app or I'd call mm -hmm. pizza and I'd just order something. But because I already know that on Wednesdays we have turkey burgers, just, it was like autopilot. I'm playing with my daughter, I'm getting her to calm down. And it's just like, I can make a turkey burger and put sweet potato fries in the, in the oven. And I could do all that in what I made dinner in like 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a long time. Yeah, it's not high effort, you know, it's efficient on the brain, which is what yeah. you need as a dad. I think too, like, what, what's been helpful for me has been the consistency on breakfast and lunch, you know, because like dinner, you know, like, like, legitimately think about it, right? Like, what you always hear dads, like give the excuse, right? Of like, well, I can't lose weight, because like, you know, the, the family, they won't eat what I want to eat and blah, 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 right? And I'm like, dude, if you really think about how many, how many sit down meals are you having? Like with your family, if you're like a busy dad, it's like, are you having breakfast with them? Like, no, like you're probably, 
grabbing something out of the pantry on the way out the door, you know, to work, right? That's on you. Like at work or you're working at home, like you're you're making lunch for yourself, like the majority of the time, right? Or, or you're eating out. And then so really like the, the only variable is going to be dinner time, you know? And so if you can have, yeah, some consistency in the meals you have for dinner, that's going to be a huge move. But but really where I think you can um, you know, move the needle a ton in your diet is just stay consistent with breakfast and lunch, you know, like eat, eat the same thing. Like who gives a shit, you know? Um, like you said, add some variety every now and then, like different sauces or maybe a different side or something like that. But um, that's what I do, man. I, I, I don't have any right now. We got to go shopping, but I love these little like chicken cutlets from Costco. Um, they're like already cooked grilled ones in their own individual packs, you know? And then, mm -hmm. yeah, literally just like, bam, like two of those and like a half a cup of rice. And then same thing, I'll just do like, hot sauce or like a, a barbecue sauce today or like a, you know, Polynesian sauce or whatever. And it's like the same thing over and over, man. I, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. And it just keeps life easy. Mm. Also, if, if, if somebody tells me they can't lose weight because their, their kids and their wife doesn't want to eat what they eat, suck it up, buttercup, eat your shit anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like what, why are you, what, what does that have to do with you? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I don't want to have to cook two meals. So then cook all your shit on Sunday and then mm. you only cook their meal and then you take yours out of the fridge. Mm. It's like, it's just an, it's just a story. That's all it is. It's just a story. You know, same thing with people who are like, well, I travel a lot. Okay. Then bring your food or mm -hmm. learn what you need to order ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's just, it's just these stories that, that we tell ourselves, and, and until we learn to actually change the story, we're never going to get the, the, the different result. Like I, I had to go, I had to go on a three day trip in the middle of my prep. We're talking like, I can't miss, I can't miss a meal, right? Six meals a day. Like, you know, your classic, like nineties Arnold magazine type diet. Okay. Cause that's what works. And so I had to go on a three day trip, like fly. Mm. So I brought two suitcases. I brought my clothes in one and my food in another one. I prepackaged all my meals and I flew my fucking food. <laughs> so it's like the story was i'm traveling i guess i'm gonna have to go yeah. off prep or the story was yeah i'm just i make no excuses and i own responsibility through and through mm -hmm. yeah so that's that that's it's just a story and 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 you know if you want to if you want to not have to cook two meals then then you know cook all your stuff on sunday and just make it so you could take it out of tupperwares and you heat it up in 90 seconds yeah. that's what i do my kid my my kid and my wife don't always eat what i eat but mm -hmm. I always eat what I eat because mm -hmm. that's what aligns with my goals. Yep. Yeah. Now you, you're exactly right. It's a story you tell yourself, right? And it's, it is shifting the responsibility and the blame to, to someone else and have that victim mentality, you know? Um, but dude, I want to, I want to hear your story a little bit. Like, have you always been into, into fitness and, um, you know, staying in kind of peak shape and, and then how, how has that changed since you become a dad? So, um, when I was 19 years old, my brother, my brother's seven years older than I am. So he was already like making money and we, he was living at home. I graduated college. I'm sorry, graduated high school. Excuse me. I was going to college at the local county school up here in North Jersey and uh, doing everything that I didn't want to do. I was working at ShopRite and the only outlet that I had, all my friends went away to school. I had no friends. And my brother was like, why don't you start coming to the gym with me? And I would work out, you know, probably three or four days a week when I was in high school because I used to throw shot put discus. So it was like, it was part of it. But I was scrawny. It was like 178 pounds. I didn't love it. I was weak. But my brother is very, very strong guy. 
he got me into the gym. And so we really bonded. Like for those, that year and a half, we were in the gym every single day, five days a week minimum for like an hour. And, and we crave crafted this like amazing bond. And I got into like sickeningly good shape because I was 19 years old. Mm. So I was like barely counting my macros, barely hitting the right targets and still drinking on the weekends. And I was shredded because, Hey, you're 19 and it's amazing. And so then when I was 21, so this was like tail end of the two years, I got all the way up to like 190 pounds, felt great, looked great. And I was like, maybe this bodybuilding thing is a thing. We're talking 2012. Instagram was just coming out. So if you remember from the beginning of when social media was really taking off, social media plus gym meant you were a tool bag, <laughs> right? It was like the most frowned upon thing on the planet. I took one shirtless selfie at the gym. By the way, I fucking deserved it. I looked great. <laughs> and I was way bigger than any of my other 19-year-old friends. And I got reamed by everyone. Like everyone was talking smack at me at the, the house party that, that Saturday. And the level of shame that I felt at 19 years old was like, I literally took it down the next day and I never took another one ever again. Fast forward six months at that point, I got my first like big boy job selling Cutco. And uh, I love that company. I ended up staying with them for nine years. But then I found my next obsession, which was also my way of getting out of college, which was sales. Mm. And my first summer with them, I made in six weeks, I made like $10,000. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to college because I just made... <laughs> more money in six weeks than I've ever made. And if I do this for the whole year, I'll make more money than my dad. And so I ended up dropping out of college and fitness went completely to the wayside. It just didn't really matter. Mainly because I had decent enough genetics. I won't lie, like I'm 6'3". I was like a hard gainer for a long time. So I had those, those, those years of foundation. And so it took like four years of me not really caring, only going to the gym three times a week for fun, like no real goals and intentions. Um, and then I got promoted within Cutco to being what's called the district manager. So I was running a local office. Then Jim went to zero for the first time in my yeah. life. And I, over the next three years, made the most money that I had made in my life had the most career and financial success that I ever had. And I also put on 40 pounds. And so I was fat as fuck. And uh, we were at the local banquet, the local banquet. It was the, for the whole region. And I'm that night I'm inheriting a trophy that I had won from being the number one sales team in the entire company. It's this big silver cup. We're talking like you win a silver cup in Cutco. You were for the next 48 hours. Like you're the shit. <laughs> The day that I'm getting it, I'm putting on my tux from the previous year. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I have to be in the room at four o'clock like, and my tux problem. doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, shit, because I only wore it once a year and I put on 20 pounds the year that we were the number one office. So I had to go buy a whole new suit in an hour. Luckily, we were in like downtown Stanford, Connecticut. So there was like a Macy's right there. I went and bought a whole new suit. And I was the level, again, the level of shame was just like, Jesus Christ. You know, like I was, 
I, all I could think about was like, I'm fat. Like here I am accepting an award. I have literally my entire sales team, my family, yeah. everyone I know, everyone's like, you're the best. It's amazing. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm you're also like, fat. Yeah. So I drank my face off that night to numb it, numb the pain and all that other good stuff. And, uh, and I made a decision at that point. I was like, this is going away. Um, 2018, I started taking my health a little bit seriously. I started getting a little bit more in shape. I started working out like three times a week, set some goals. And I lost like all of five pounds. Then, you know, that kind of carried through till 2019. I did a six month straight keto cut. I was like, carbs are the enemy. That didn't work. I lost all the weight, but I looked like a twig and uh, I looked like emaciated. If you go on my Instagram profile, I literally look like I haven't slept in 10 days. Um, you just look like shit when you cut all your carbs. And then um, I put all the weight back on because I was like, this isn't sustainable. Mm. 2020 rolls around and uh, me and my wife have nothing better to do. I'm unemployed um, because I had left Cutco. And then like peak 2020, I, we spent all of our money on the wedding, the February before the world got shut down, yeah. all the deposits, the DJ, the, the, so I'm broke. I'm unemployed. I just dropped like way more money than I ever should have dropped on the wedding in the first place. And now I'm not getting it back. I can't find a job because the only thing I know is in-home sales. And guess what? Nobody's doing during <laughs> in-home sales. And so I just need an outlet. I started working out three times a day during COVID. Hmm. Um, a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I knew put on a ton of weight and I started losing weight like crazy. And it became the only thing that I could rely on that would quell my anxiety enough for me to make small steps forward into like looking for another job or like I was still, I, could, I, I went back to selling cutco for a little while, which kind of worked with like virtual appointments, but it's kind of hard to sell knives and they can't hold them. And it, it like just barely paid the bills. And I would just was in this state of constant struggle. But I became absolutely obsessed with like, well, when I work out, I feel amazing. The days during COVID where I wasn't working out, me and my wife would like, we would have arguments that would go zero to 10, right? So I started to become very aware of like, well, how I treat me becomes how I treat the world. Mm -hmm. And so when I take care of me and I pour into me, then it's, I'm a lot better to the people around me. I'm a lot better to my prospects. Like I start making money, but like on the days where I wake up and I'm like sloshing out of bed, I'm like not drinking water. I don't exercise. And I just, am like, well, I guess I'm going to prospect today. Like I don't make any money and I don't set any deals. So tail end 2020 rolls around. I, I, we have the wedding. We go on this like a uh, little mini honeymoon afterwards down the shore in Jersey. And uh, I wake up at about five o'clock in the morning and I'm like, still like barely making the bills paid through Cutco. And I'm like, my whole life needs to change. And I just started, I still have the journal. It's like somewhere in, in, in my desk here. Um, I just started writing down everything that I would want for myself and getting hyper clear on like, who do I need to become? And it would, 80% of it was like fitness because mm. it was the only thing that I could actually find any confidence in because I didn't have any confidence to like win in business at that point. I had one in the past, but that world was gone. Right. So I needed to find something that I could actually like really rely on. And that's why I, I I'm so passionate about like, you no, know, your foundation of success as a man is fitness. 
because I had it all and it all went away. Like all the, all the frivolous stuff that you could buy. I lost my car, like everything. That all can go away. But you, no one can ever take away like your discipline with your health, the way you treat your body and the way that you show up for yourself. So that was 2020. Um, and once I started really dialing in fitness, everything started to change. I got a great job selling tech. Um, and then, you know, my, me and my wife's relationship started going better in 2021. We found out we were pregnant. I'm like really dialing things in. And I kind of already told the story about like how I lost all the weight mm -hmm. tail end of 21. Um, and ever since becoming a dad in 2022, uh, it has been the cornerstone for how me and my wife, A, operate and work together. Like it's, it's priority. If my wife misses a workout or if she says to me like, hey, I really need to ride the bike today. What does your schedule look like? There is no like, okay, yeah, we'll see if I can squeeze it in. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out how I can get 45 minutes for my wife to hop on the Peloton. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it, it is just the cornerstone for how we show up for each other. It's that the, the level of example that we're setting for Penny, right? In terms of the foods that we eat, in terms of the way, like what we do around and in between meals, like our host dinner walks and all of these other things. Like these are traditions that we're instilling into her because we know that everything that we do, she's going to do tenfold, mm -hmm. right? Like I was always taught as a, as, as a leader in business, as a manager in business, like what you do is going to be what your people do. And then what they do and emulate is going to be what their people do. Okay. So you affect two, two, three layers down. It's the same thing with your genealogy, right? Like I'm operating, like I'm already the grandpa patriarchy. Like I gotta, like, they're going to look up and be like, what was grandpa Brian doing back in 2022? How was he operating? And that's why I'm documenting everything and I'm paying attention to like how I'm showing up and the habits and the conversations and, you know, the stuff I, I, I expose Penny to. Cause I'm not thinking about like, well, I really want that pizza on Friday. Mm -hmm. The pizza's part of it. That's cool. But what I'm really thinking about is just like, well, how do I eat pizza and look good and have great energy? And you know what I mean? It's like, it's all. And so that way, when my daughter is growing up, when, you know, we're, we're trying for our second. So hopefully we have a son who knows, but <laughs> You know, when they all grow up, it's like, I want them to be like, oh, we live the and lifestyle, not the or lifestyle. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I like that, man. Yeah, once you have a kid, man, it it totally shifts your perspective, right? To be much more long-term um, and, and to think much more long-term, right? Like, I, I love that, that kind of that saying you're saying is like, I'm already like patriarchal, like grandpa, because you're exactly right, man. Like, if you think about the impact you have on your child, Right. And you normalize things like fitness, you know, like discipline, um, like the value structure that you, that you implement in your family. And you, you normalize that. Um, they're going to normalize that for their kids, right? And they're going to normalize that for their kids. And so like the impact that you're having by showing up every day intentionally, by being disciplined in your diet, by being disciplined in your fitness, um, and again, by, you know, really teaching those lessons to your kids, it, it has much, so much more of an impact on just like getting a six pack. You know, um, oh, yeah. it, it's like you think about the long term and, and this is something that I try to do fairly often. It's like, OK, the decisions that I'm making right now, um, what is the short term impact and then what's the long term impact? Right. And then focus on the long term. Um, so has your um, 
has your approach to fitness changed since you've had a, a daughter as far as like how many times you're going to the gym and, and, you know, how long you're spending at the gym and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, so I've always been a big believer in efficiency. Like if you're in the gym for more than 65 minutes, it's way too long, way too long. Um, like a 90 minute workout, like lifting weights workout. Like you're just, you got 30 minutes of, of a wasted volume there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually go more now. I go seven days a week. I don't okay. lift weights seven days a week, but I'm yeah. inside the four walls of my gym seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I'm not going seven days a week, I'm going six and one of those, the seventh day is a run. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying running cause I hate it. So it's like, I'm, I want to do it more. Um, it's like, I, like this Sunday I have like five miles and I'm like dreading it five miles. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, that sounds terrible, man. I'm not a big <laughs> runner myself, <laughs> like I yeah. do it, but I'm in, the, I'm in the same thing. It's like, I, I do it because it, it's hard and I do it because I know I'm supposed to do it. Um, and it challenges me, you know, but I, I do not enjoy one second of it. That is for sure. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, we're a bit like st- sadistic, you know, it's like, like I could never do that. I immediately am like, how do I start doing that? <laughs> you know, when everyone was like, oh, I could never go skydiving. I was like, all right, I'm going skydiving now. Like, I don't know why I like, it's like, it's like this game where like, like, oh, you're too afraid to do it. Ah, I got to do it now, you know, because like chances are it's probably really fun or really good for me. And <laughs> as we just talked about, right, like running is super good for you. Yeah, that's, that's the twisted game I play with myself. <laughs> well, yeah, man. And, and I love kind of what you're talking about, too, um, you know, of really like like when you had your daughter, um, like I said, the professive cha- perspective changes, what you're working on to better yourself is is really bettering them through the example you're setting. Um, and the best way to do that, man, is you've got to work on yourself first. And the best way to start working on yourself first is through fitness, because there are so many things that are outside of our control. Right. So like, when you think about it, like the job that you have, the money you make, like, yeah, you can, you know, indirectly control a lot of that. Right. But like the outcome is, is not 100% within your control, but what you can control 100% of the time outside of some very unique circumstances around, uh, you know, disease, illness, things like that is, is you can control your fitness level and you can control your diet. Um, and the discipline that you build to, uh, to, to, to build that up, it's just going to have a massive impact on every other area of your life. Um, so I, I, I love your perspective on that of like the, that, you know, why, why is fitness so important? You said it's like the foundational thing, right? Like, w- like, why is that? Like, why can't a guy, you know, be making millions of dollars, um, you know, be successful in the world's eyes. Right. But, but he's, you know, 40, 50 pounds overweight. Like why, why do we have to be fit? Well, because even if you're making all the money in the world and you're driving the Ferrari and stuff like that, like imagine being, imagine you have a Ferrari, you have $10 million in the bank. You're, you're, you have an amazing business and you're driving, driving a Ferrari. Right. And you're like, Oh, well, what's the next step? Like I have this woman in my life the whole time. If you, if, if your tits are bigger than hers, like you're going to be thinking, is she with me just for the money? Because no, there is no woman on the planet. Who's like, wow, that obese guy. That's why I want to fuck. No, they're like, wow, that rich guy. That's why I want to fuck. And when all the money goes away, if it goes away and you're not super like, you know, 
like you, you can't figure out how to hold on to it or whatever. Sometimes money goes, whatever it is, right? That, so do they, so do the women. And look, there's nothing wrong. By the way, there's nothing wrong with a woman being interested in a man who can provide financial security for her. I, hey, fucking more power to you. Go get him, right? But at the end of the day, you could have the car. And by the way, I want all of these things. I want the nice house. I want the car. I want millions of dollars. I'm not saying you shouldn't go for that and you should sacrifice all that to look good. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that all of that can be taken from you. But my, like, I wear a badge of honor of being in great shape, having unbelievable energy levels, impeccable clarity of thought. That's all internalized. That can't be taken from me. And that's something that I can continue to build. And it's something that you have to earn. It is a must. And I know that 95% of the guys who are this like, you know, unbelievably like wealthy, what, what happened with Jeff Bezos? The guy literally took over the world. And the only thing he cared about was I got to get in shape. <laughs> right? So he probably took TRT and did all this other good stuff. Right? Look at Mark Zuckerberg. I was saying sucks doing my MMA now, you know? <laughs> yeah, sucks get a fucking six pack. And you know what? He's the happiest he's ever been. Go figure. So it's like, you don't need to become rich to then realize that like, oh, to have it all, I got to have a good physique. It's like, no, just start there. And also those guys had something, your Bezos, your Zuck, like they're brilliant. They're outlier type human beings that go on and make tens of millions and billions of dollars and take over the world. Like, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to be the tech billionaire. And so for me, like my starting point, what works for 99.9% of men as a starting point for success is like, let me figure me out, Mm -hmm. right? I figure me out, then I can start to ask myself better questions and then I can provide more value to the people around me. And that's how I'll start to find my breaks. That's how I'll start to, you know, have the career success. Because once we do one thing, right, then it starts to leak into every area. So as we get ourselves into shape, we have more discipline. What's interesting is the story and the internal confidence starts to shift. This is what I tell guys all the time. You go to a, like a, a get together with your buddies and you don't drink and you don't have five hamburgers. Oh shit. You brought your own thing to eat and you did that. They'll fuck with you at the beginning of the party. Be like, Oh, Brian, mm. bring this Tupperware. I guess he's, is he serious about this fitness thing? And why do I know that they do that? Because that's what they all did to me. And guess what? At the end of the party, when they're all like half hungover, because, you know, when you have three beers at three o'clock by nine, you're hungover because you're 40. They're all like, man, you know, it's real cool that you're like super disciplined with that diet. (laughs) And so all of a sudden, when you start not effing up, like you start actually following through your internal confidence shifts, the way you show up. And all of a sudden the lens through which you see life changes. And once that happens, it's almost like you start seeing things that were all there before, but you just couldn't see them because you weren't you at that point. Mm -hmm. Now you're this 2.0, 3.0, 10.0 version yourself who can see shit that 1.0 version. Who's like, you know, Completely sedated through sugary foods, drinking on the weekends. You're spending Monday and Tuesday recovering from the weekend. Like, imagine getting blackout drunk. I like. I, I know you take care of yourself. I can't even fathom drinking so much on a Saturday 
that I can't feel a hundred percent till Wednesday. <laughs> like yeah. I just lost four days of my life. That's crazy to me now. Mm. So yeah, and I used to do that. And now that I don't, I'm like, I can't even, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around the logic behind that. Yeah. So it's like, you just stop missing. And then all of a sudden your career starts to shift the way that, you know, the arguments that you, you have with your wife shift because you also start to realize that like, Oh, I have a play in this too. So it's not always her fault. Like it, it, you just show up so much better. You're, you start pouring from an empty cup. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. pouring from a full cup. Yeah, dude. I want to touch on something too, man. That like that last point you just said, right. Is you, you can't pour from, from an empty cup. Like your cup has to be full. So like, the big thing with fitness for me is, is like twofold is one is it's going to help me get a momentum, um, which I think all high-performing guys, high-performing dads, they, they need to feel like they're in momentum, um, you know, from, you know, from like, Hey, I got all, all cylinders firing. Right. And I think that fitness is the best way to, to do that immediately. <laughs> right. And so like, at least for me, from my perspective is like, Hey man, if I'm feeling like shit today, Right. I know I'm like, you know, not, not doing the sales calls, you know, well, or not, not, you know, taking action. I need to, whatever. I just got to feel in a funk, like immediately go for a walk, do something right. Like get the heart rate up, do some fitness. Um, so that's like one thing, right. It's going to help you get some momentum there. But then two, if you commit to fitness and you check that box off, you're doing a couple of things. One is you're building that momentum, but then two is you are really like reaffirming the person that you want to be. Um, and it helps you like identify with your, your core identity and, and it helps you understand that like, cool, I am the type of person that's going to, to take action. That's going to stick to what I said I was going to do, Like that workout, you know, tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm probably not going to want to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm that type of person. And I, I hold my commitments. And so it does a couple of, it helps you get into momentum, helps you kind of stack those wins, but then it also just reaffirms the type of person that you want to become. Um, which is a very disciplined person, right? That that keeps his commitments. And so at least it, for me, that, that's that been the big thing for fitness is like, yes, I love being in shape. It helps me feel better, right? It helps me look better. Um, and like you said, it helps me kind of view the world from a different lens. But for me, it's, it's, it's I need it to feel like I am in momentum. Um, and then also it just helps me from a disciplined perspective to reinforce that identity um, that I am a person that is disciplined, you know? 100%, yeah. It's not about, yeah, it's, it's about stacking evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that way your brain goes, oh, I don't feel like doing this, but oh, remember how I didn't feel like doing that workout two weeks ago, but I did it and then I felt better. Mm-hmm. Ah, I have evidence that the right thing to do is now to go do the workout. Mm-hmm. And like you said, that just starts making like these votes. Like he talks about in Atomic Habits, James Clear. It's like yeah. these little mm-hmm. votes on the ballot of like, this is the new identity mm-hmm. that I'm crafting. Yeah. Yeah, man. Great book, by the way, if you guys haven't read that one. Um, I, I finished it up for the second time, like a couple months ago. And uh, it took so much more away from it the second time through, you know? So it's one of those that like, every time you read it, you're going to pull a little piece of nugget out, you know? Um, but uh, dude, I, w- I want to hear about your, kind of what you have going on now. So um, tell me about the the program you have set up. Um, and I really want to hear about your kind of your, you know, four kind of foundational pillars of, of how you run the program. Cause I, I did a little bit of research and, um, and love it, man. So it's, I want to dive a little bit deeper. Yeah. And, and like I say, you know, fitness is the foundational part. So I've, I've three phases in my program. Everyone has to go through my initial foundations phase where you got to get in shape. 
Mm-hmm. Like before I can even touch on like improving your marriage to a massive degree. Okay. Before I can even touch on improving your own self internal talk and your connection to whatever that voice is inside of you. Okay. Uh, before I can even help you remotely expound in your career and build your finances and all that other good stuff. Like if you're, if I'm teaching you all that, but you're face fucking yourself with donuts every night, it's like, we're never going to get anywhere. Right. So everyone goes through the foundations program and it's a very simple program. I operate through something called the found the fast method. We establish a baseline. We accelerate through, through fat loss. I teach you how to keep the fat off through the stasis phase. And then I teach you how to reverse diet. So that way we can start to really build some muscle. Okay. Phase two is where we start to get into the four different pillars. That's where we work on your DNA, which is your body and your health. Okay. And how do you do it in a way that's sustainable? So that way, when you're traveling, you're going out with kids, you take, you know, take the family to Disney world. Like you're not completely throwing yourself off and holding the line with your habits through the left, right, you know, new turns of life. Okay. So DNA, that's pillar number one. Pillar number two is your discipline, which is your career, right? Like, what are you good? What are you, what are you getting good at? Because that's the thing. It's like, we don't want to sit here and like, let's talk about finances. Okay, well, let's talk about finances. Do you have a budget? Good. Um, are you saving money every month? Yeah, congrats. Your finances are probably better than 99% of the world. What I want to work on is like, are you getting fucking immaculate at your job? Like, are you ex- excelling in your career? Because the easiest cure to your financial position is not saving more money. It's making it. Making it. Yeah. Mm. Right. That's a, that's a, well, that's a Grant Cardone. Grant, Grant Cardone, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you that you story. Save, you can't save your way to millions, <laughs> you know? Nah, man, you got to go out there. You got to make money. And so, yeah. you know, there's a couple opportunities that I have connections to through my network, through Cutco, where like I've hooked people up with side gigs. I've helped guys start businesses. Uh, you know, one of my clients, Nick, he went through my foundations program and now he's in my, my phase two program called next level dads. And I've been just teaching the principles that I, I learned from my decade with Cutco building a 10 office location business. I had 150 people working for me at one point in time. And just that we took his real estate business. He does off market real estate from 50 grand a year to 500 grand, a year. like simple tweaks. Okay. And I'm helping him grow that as well. I'm not a business coach, but I'm helping him craft his discipline. In fact, I actually connected him to a guy who's going to help him triple his business. Beauty of networking. So the third thing that we're going to focus on is your devotion. Okay. What do I mean by devotion? Well, everyone kind of gets a little like, uh, like spiritual. Are you spiritual? Are you religious? Like what's, what's the deal? Listen, I call it devotion because we're all devoted to something. You're, if you're an atheist, you're devoted to the fact that there's nothing there. That's great. You can operate from that all day long. I don't believe in that, but that's cool. So whatever belief system you have, I don't really care. I want you connecting deep down inside to whatever voice it is that you have a conversation with every single day. Because there isn't a man on the planet that isn't talking to himself all day long. And we all have that little whisper sits right behind the right side of your ear that tells you what you should be doing all day long. And I'm going to teach you how to build a relationship with that voice. So that way you start to fucking listen. Because when you listen, all of a sudden, great shit starts happening in your life. You're just (laughs) too afraid and conditioned not to. And you've just sat there and taught yourself that you don't need to listen to that for so long that that voice is literally knocking. 
trying to get in touch with you. You haven't listened and uh, we're going to reconnect with that. And then lastly is your dependability. So dependability and devotion kind of go hand in hand through relationships, right? We have to learn how to be devoted to our children. We need to learn how to be devoted to our wife. And I'm not talking like, you know, oh, I love my wife more. I'm talking about devotion, singular focus. Like too many guys are spending, oh, I don't, I don't watch porn. Let me go down your following list on Instagram and see how much ass yeah. you look at <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. Cause I know you fucking do, right? That's not devotion. You got to cut that shit out. So we work on that as well, but also dependability. And that comes to creating an environment in your house where you, you are so dependable as the man that you are the rock of the house. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're emotionless. It doesn't mean that we devalue what you are as a human being. What it means is, is that you are the stability to which your wife and your children can depend on you for everything. When's the last time you said, I got it, don't worry about it. And your wife went, okay, and felt completely secure. Because chances are, if you got bitch tits, you're 40 pounds overweight and you're struggling with money and you guys argue all the time, if you said, don't worry, I got it. She's like, no, 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 I'll do it. (laughs) I am worried. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she's probably even more insecure. And so I've been working my ass off for three years, plenty of therapy sessions, okay? Where now, when I tell my wife, don't worry, I got it. It's okay. There is no question. Mm. I have the ultimate level of dependability in my wife. And I'm going to continue to improve on that and continue to demonstrate to them that they can depend on me. Mm -hmm. So when my daughter says, hey, daddy, you're going to be at the recital? The answer is yes. She knows I'm going to fucking be there. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, I'm dead. Yeah, I think the the best way to build that too, man, is through what we were talking about earlier, right? Through the, the discipline in your habits, right? And the discipline in your fitness. Because, the, and and I, I talked to you, um, Kurt Storing was on a podcast a while back and I've, I've gotten to know Kurt a little, a little bit. And he has this um, uh, this thing that he calls the snooze button trap um, where, and, and I like 100% agree with this man and love it. It is, you know, let, let's say, you know, you set the, the alarm for the morning. You want to go get up and work out, right? You tell your wife about it. You're super excited. You're going to go to the gym, work out. Um, that alarm goes off at 5 a.m. That little bitch voice comes on, right? You hit the snooze and you don't go to the gym. Um, obviously, that's going to affect you because you just cast a vote in the different direction from the man that you want to become and identify as, right? So that is going to be a huge detriment to you. So that's a loss. But what you don't think about, what dads and husbands don't think about a lot of the time is their wife is laying right next to them, right? And they saw you hit that snooze button. They may not say anything, right? But now that's a vote in the direction that you're not the type of man that is dependable, that's going to be true to his word, and that's going to stick to his commitments. And so when we go back to it, it's like, okay, how do I do that? How do I build that level of trust? It is to make a commitment and to show up and to honor that commitment, no fucking matter what. Right. And that's how you build dependability, um, you know, with yourself. Right. Uh, the person you want to become, but then also with the folks around you in, in, in your in your family, at the workplace, you know, wherever. Right. Is they're going to know that, OK, you know, Drew or Brian says they're going to do something like they got it. They're going to do it like they've got a mountain of evidence to back that up. Exactly. That's exactly oh, that was going to be the second part, which is going to be like the leadership side of things. But you summed it up beautifully. <laughs>
Like, like my wife during, during all of prep and see, the funny thing is like your, your wife, it's like testing. Mm-hmm. She's testing me the whole time during prep. She, you know, she'd be like, oh, I'm going to, you want to come with me to go get ice cream? I know, I know you can't have any, do, do you want to just come along? <laughs> and so the amount of times that I had to like say no, or like I'm eating this, or like she wanted to go out for breakfast and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to bring mine. And I had to like bring Tupperware the whole time. She's complaining, but deep down, she's like, I can trust this man, hmm. you know? And, and of course at the end, what, what, what was it? Oh, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And so that's what it's, that, that's what, again, that's where the fitness comes into play, right? Just like you said, if you tell your wife, I'm going to hit the gym, this is going to be the year I'm going to lose 30 pounds and you gain 10 pounds. She's not going to tell you that she doesn't trust you. Yep. She's just not going to trust you as much. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just the truth. Yeah. Well, dude, man, how, how do guys get started? Like if they're like, Hey man, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm 40 pounds overweight. Like I know I need to make a change. Um, you know, I know I need to change like, like fundamentally who I am, right. And start showing up as a better dad. Like what, what, what would you say is step one? Like, what should they do? Step one is just go to the gym. Go actually, you know what? That's too much for a lot of guys. Go out for a 10 minute walk after dinner. Mm. That's it. Go for a 10 minute walk after dinner. Watch how much better you digest your food, how much more energy you have how much you're not crashing even better. Take the kids with you. Everyone leaves the phone at home and Mm -hmm. watch how much like more of a family connection you have after dinner. Yeah. You could start there. Yeah. I I would say, man. Yeah. Like little things, right? Like, and I mean, just going back to atomic habits, right. It's like, make it easy, you know? Um, Like what what is that? What is that first step? Right. And, and Hey, if you're in a, if you want, if the goal is to go running in the morning, right. Like what's the first step? Like, let me just lay my shoes out, man, and, and get up and I'm going to tie my shoes tomorrow morning, right? That's all I'm going to do, you know, is make it easy. Um, I've, and I'm, guil- I'm so guilty of this, of like biting off way more than I can chew, you know? And, and I'd probably say you're probably aligned with this too from the conversation earlier of like, it's a challenge. I'm just going to fucking do it, you know, of like, oh, he's running a half marathon. Like, cool, fuck it. I'm running a marathon, you know? Um, and just biting off like way more than you can chew, you know? So I, yeah, m- make it easy, man, for sure. Of course. And then lastly is like, try to do as much as you can to facilitate your environment. So we all want different results. Well, different results comes from different actions. Most of the actions that we take are based on the feelings that we're having in that moment. Most of the feelings that we have in our moment, in that moment are based on the the thoughts that are generating and spinning within our head. And so that's where everyone stops, right? All these, oh my God, I love the, the manifestation coaches, fucking waste of your money, swear to God. Um, anyway, these, you know, to change your thoughts and all that other good stuff. That that's amazing. So now you're going to go from, I want to get good results. to now I have to alter over 60,000 thoughts over the course of a day. Good luck. So what are, where do thoughts come from? Well, 95% of your thoughts are through your conscious mind, which is inherited through, what do I see? What do I feel? What do I smell? What am I around? It's your environment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you start, so, so start there right? Don't worry about changing the results right now. Change your environment. Take all the crap out of your fridge, throw it away. All your kids' snacks and stuff like that, put it in a drawer where it's out of sight. They know where it is. You know where it is. But if you don't see it, you're less triggered, right? Like the amount of times where I've come home and actually just happened today. My wife found a box of Girl Scout cookies. I didn't say to myself at all today, 
oh, I really want some Girl Scout cookies. But when I walked in from the gym this morning and I saw a box of Girl Scout cookies right there, my favorite ones, the Samoas. I was like, say maybe thin mints because that's that's uh yeah, those are dangerous. (laughs) Those are dangerous. But I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't want it. I didn't have a craving. I didn't have anything. I saw it and I was like, I want to have one of those. And so I did. Yeah. Right. Now, luckily they have a nutrition label, so they track and I'm still going to fit my macros today. But now I got to mitigate the 75 calories that I wasn't going to play on that, you know? So it's like, even I'm susceptible to the environment, you know, it's what I tell guys all the time. It's like, just cause like I'm, I'm on, the, I'm on the podcast or I'm running the calls or I'm the coach and all that good stuff. Like I tell you what works for me and then you go do it. And so I am only like, make sure you control your environment. Make sure you set yourself up like this, because that's the things that I need to do to make sure that I win. Mm-hmm. If I don't follow my own coaching, I'll be a fat slob in six months. Like I could put away multiple Domino's pizzas at night. Yeah, dude, like Samoa's Thin Mints that like, good on you, man, eating one, right? Because I, I, I would be like half asleep. How do I make this fit? You know, <laughs> my macros because it's, it's happening. It's, <laughs> it's the 10 minute rule, dude. Have you heard of that? Well, just wait, wait 10 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I can have a second one, but I can have a second one in 10 minutes. Yeah, dude, Brian, hold that thought, man. I got to pee like so freaking bad. And I'll be right back. Give me two <laughs> no seconds. <problem. laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I'm back. That's how we roll in the Epic Dad Legacy podcast. We're super professional over here. <laughs> no worries. Well, dude, man, tell me, um, I want to hear your Grant Cardone story. So um, we were chatting before we hopped on. Um, yeah, so I had, you know, guys that can't see on YouTube or whatever. I got a, book, a bookshelf behind me and we're kind of connected on some of our our uh, our authors and Grant popped up in, in the conversation. So yeah, what do you think about Mr. Cardone, man? Well, so I... I think Grant is a genius. Um, I actually, do you remember he had like his own little like TV network there for a few years? Oh, yeah. Uh And he had the, uh, was the ultimate job interview? Cardone Zone, yeah. Yeah. And so he had the ultimate job interview. That's where he found like Stu Parr and all that other good stuff, right? Mm. So I got on season four. Oh, really? Yeah, I applied. This is when I was at Cutco uh, in 2014. 
And I was, I was committed, man. If he gave me the job, like I already had somebody that I could stay with that, that I would have started that Monday. And I flew down with a suitcase full of clothes thinking I'm not flying back. Right. So I get into the ultimate sales interview. You have to send in like a 60 second video. I guess he liked me. Okay. And uh, we, we go to the office and it's like seven o'clock in the morning. And it was the most intense 24 hours of my life. And I've never seen someone who's like five, eight have like, dude, that guy fill a room. He was like, he had like, he had like six, five energy. Like, we'll put it that way. Right. So he makes us go and stand in like the, the conference room holding all of our stuff. Mind you, I showed up with a full suitcase thinking I'm going to get this job. So my shit weighs like 25 pounds. And he put, he gives us all like a TSA type bucket and we got to put all of our stuff in there and we have to hold it. And he makes us stand there in silence in a room in a straight line, all facing the windows. We're not allowed to talk to each other for about an hour and a half. My back is killing me. I'm in a full suit like cufflinks, everything. Then he makes us, then he has us go through all of our luggage to like find stuff. Like, you know, we have to like some, some of the guys have to like go through their phone or whatever. Anyway. So I go through, it's like all my clothes. He's like, wow, you brought a lot of stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to need clothes. Yeah, when I start on yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I like that. His next question out of his mouth was, have you ever done drugs? <laughs> now, mind you, I had dropped out of college at this point. I was making a ton of money. And uh, yeah, I had done a lot of drugs. And I'm not a liar. I'm not. So I knew this guy was going to see right through me. And I was like, yes, I've done drugs. And he goes, which ones? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> the good ones. <laughs> and so I went on my laundry list because I've done a lot of drugs in my lifetime. I partied a ton. My mom watches this. She knows already. But so I was like, oh, I've done marijuana, cocaine, like, you know, uh, uh, pills and all this other good stuff, you know, and uh, shrooms, acid, LSD. And he's just, he looks at me. He's just like, wow. Okay. Do you even know where you are right now? And I was like, yes. And he's like, what do you, he's like, do you still take drugs? And I said, no, I haven't smoked weed at all in the past six months. Um, and you know, I was like, it was affecting my productivity. Cool. He sends me back. One of the other things in the interview was he had us go into like an all dark room where we had like a spotlight, like in the movies and like, we get like hardcore, like interviewed, like close up on your face. And he's just hammering me about drugs. Anyway, the next part he has us go in. If you've ever seen it, he goes, Oh, sell yourself or sell the water. Mm -hmm. So I practiced and I'm a genius in 2013. I get my sell yourself script down. And I'm, I'm like, perfect. Okay. See, so he goes, cool. Do you want to sell yourself or sell the water? You have 60 seconds. And I was like, sell myself. And he was like, cool. Sell the water. <laughs> and I. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, this is on YouTube, dude. You guys send me the link, man. We'll yeah. I'll, the, I'll see if we can find it. It's, and he like. The guy who edited it, like, made it all, like, wavy because they painted me out to be, like, a druggie, the episode, which is hilarious because I was 100% sober. They left that part out, of course. Anyways, so I, like, fumble on my words, and he starts, like, ripping apart. What they also cut out, and, hey, 
I'll, I'll say this right to his face if I ever get a chance to meet him again. I was kind of pissed that he cut this out. He had his COO, Sherry, come in and, uh, you know, take a look at my resume. And she asked me the same question, like, wow, you've done a lot of drugs. Well, do you even know where you are right now? And I repeated his office address all the way down to the zip code, just as like a fuck you. And she was like, hmm, anyway, you know, and like, so of course they leave that part out. The last thing that they have us do, right, is they have us like go out and like run like three miles of like that. Two guys puked. One girl like literally took half of her kneecap off because she fell. We had to like swim out to a boat that was like 500 yards away. Long story short, I ended up being like the number three out of the 15. He fires me or whatever. As soon as the camera's off, he goes, hey, man, you did great. I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? He's just like, no, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm letting you go because, like, well, one piece of advice. He goes, never leave a company until you're the best. He's like, you go be the best at Cutco. You call me. You have a job. He's like, I think you're awesome. You're really honest. And I appreciate that. And I'm like floored. Elena like walks me back to the office. She's like telling me like how much she loves me and how awesome I am. And I'm like, I'm like 22. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, I was just getting screamed at. And you guys are like really nice. So anyways, that piece of advice that he gave me, never leave a company until you're the best, um, was the reason I ended up going back to Cutco and being the number one guy. Because I was like, it was like, all I could think about was just like, okay, once I get the silver cup, then I'll move on. And so I did it. And I was like, that was the best piece of advice I ever got. And I tell that story all the time, like, because it's so true. You know, how do you know you actually like something or not? If you don't, if you're not the best, you can be at it Mm. or the best at it. Right. Because like, Mm -hmm. I thought I was like, you know, oh, cut goes whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, how do you know you even like it? You haven't even won big yet. Go win big. And if you're winning big and you want to leave, then leave. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. I ended up like, you know, getting the trophies and all this other good stuff. And I was just like, cool, been on top. It's not really what I want to do. But I felt so good leaving because I wasn't running away from something. I was actually genuinely being pulled in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, great, great advice from, from Grant there. Great story, man. Reminds me of like shark attack, you know, for like... um basic training for the army and stuff you know it's just like <laughs> you're like so confused and like everybody's yelling at you you know <laughs> yeah yeah it was like i mean he gave us paintball guns at one point and he was just like he's like you're gonna be under fire on the phone so you gotta learn how to like handle objections under fire and our only blot like it was whoever like hit the other person most and our only shield was his book seller be sold <laughs> so we're like we're like blocking shit and just shooting each other it was it was that's Looking wild. back, it was so much fun, but like in the time, like your anxiety is so high, <laughs> you're like, oh, I hope I impress Grant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, man. No, Grant, I agree with you. Grant's a genius for sure. Um, yeah. uh, you know, he, he, he's, you know, you love him, you hate him. I don't think there's any in between, but he is a genius, you know? Um, but dude, so what's, what's next, man? So you got, you got the group going right now. Um, you know, where do you want to take the group? Um, you know, what's, what's next on deck for you? Yeah, I, we're we're really focused on it growing into being a, a place where men can come to grow to become the best possible version of themselves um, in every aspect of their life. Uh, I've had guys come to me off of like three week long benders that have been completely sober now for six months, down forty pounds. Um, I've had guys come to me 
you know, arguing with their wife, complete insomnia, and now they have a great relationship and they're sleeping and they're working out and they're taking care of themselves. And, you know, I had another guy who was addicted to porn and games. Um, we've solved that completely. And, and these are all like successful guys because that's the thing. Like no one in the group is like, you know, some derelict dude. Okay. Mm. These are all people who have won in so many areas and they just don't know how to process the stress of winning. Cause like, you know, this, the more successful you get, it doesn't get any easier. It only gets harder. And that's what happened to me. I, when I was at the top of the game at Cutco, right. I was, I was eating to subdue the level of anxiety and stress that I had with like payroll and, you know, office rents and also my own rent and also, you know, taking my wife on trips and all that other good stuff. So it's like, we, 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 when, when we're these career focused achievement oriented people, it's like a lot of times the only release that we get is through porn, through food, mm. through smoking, through drinking. And so it's now taking that release and actually changing the story around it. So it takes rewiring our, our neural networks here a little bit, finding that through fitness and through showing up for our people and like, and essentially plugging the holes in the sinking ship because whether or not you're getting away with it without your wife finding out or whether or not you're getting away with it without it negatively affecting your business, the ship's sinking. Mm -hmm. And so we got to learn, we, we, we got to be able to plug those holes. So that way we keep the boat afloat because this is an infinite game played with finite resources, right? The purpose of marriage, the purpose of business, it's, it's not to win something or it's to stay married and to stay in business. So if we're not plugging the holes, um, eventually, the sink's gonna the 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 ship's gonna sink. Hmm. Well, dude, where can guys uh, go find more about you? Go find more about your program. Yeah, so hop on uh, Instagram at Unbreakable Dads. Uh, I give away everything that I do and everything that I teach is all on my page. In fact, on my Instagram page, I have a YouTube link to a thirty-minute breakdown of like this is exactly how my client Nick lost twenty-eight pounds put on five pounds of muscle and quadrupled this business. It's step-by-step. Step. Like I give away all the secrets. Mm -hmm. um, and I do that because it's it, like, I want people just to know and just to get a ton of value. Now, if you get all the value and you're like, I just kind of want to guide someone to walk me through the roadmap, um, then you can actually just reach out to me right through uh, uh, Instagram and, you know, but check out the content. That's really what, you know, see what it's all about and see if you resonate with it. And if you do, Excellent. Yeah. Well, dude, Brian, I, I've, I've loved, you know, watching your story, your message, kind of the growth of your platform, you know, over the past six months or so, man. So it's been awesome to, to be able to connect in person a little bit about, about a little bit more about your story. Um, I'm, I'm sure the the listeners here were able to, to get a ton of value from the conversation. So I want to say thank you for coming on, man. Um, guys, definitely go check out Brian, follow him on Instagram. Um, like you said, he, he, he gives away the you know, uh, he gives away the good stuff for free. Um, his content's amazing. So go, go check him out. Um, and guys, that, that's, uh, that's it. We'll see you on the next episode.